Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And we have to give a shout out to our sponsor this morning for Moi Climate Smart Skincare. Loving the ritual of this. I know. Loving what it does to my skin. But I love the ritual morning and night. I feel odd if I don't do it. I was so tired last night after class. I got into bed and it was like, you know what? You didn't even wash your face. You didn't do any of your skincare routine. Got back up out of bed because it makes a difference. It makes a difference. But Climate Smart Skincare, this is the key to poor moi. Yeah. Is it is it is it is all about where you live and giving your this your skin the things that it needs to to be soft and supple. And I'm actually noticing some evening of my skin tone, which I love. You will. I'm telling you, it's so good. Use that code BEST for an extra 20% off. There's a 100% money back guarantee. Go to pormoiskincare.com. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I skincare.com and save that 20%. Okay. But now on to our regularly scheduled programming, which is our podcast today. And I'm thrilled about our guest today, who is just so much fun. Every time I'm around <laughs> this person, I feel better. And I love this person so much, but I don't think that my love even compares to the love that my three-year-old son has oh. for this person. And we will get into that in a moment. We are talking about Zoe <laughs> Francois. Zoe Francois is a national treasure, as I say every time I encounter her, but she is the star of the show Zoe Bakes, which airs on Magnolia Network. She is the author of Zoe Bakes Cakes. She is also one half of the dynamic duo that has written the Artisan Bread in Five series that has totally been a game changer. Oh my gosh, Marjorie even has her book that she is showing that has been a game changer when it comes to baking bread for millions and millions of people. It's so successful. But what I love about Zoe too is that her life just seems to evolve and she's always up for the next adventure. So let's welcome Zoe Francois to Best to the Nest. Zoe! Hi! Hi, Hi. That was so nice. Thank you. I am so happy to see you. I interviewed you many, many years ago when one of these books came out. And I've been saying to Elizabeth, get Zoe back. Get Zoe back. Get Zoe back. Um, I just, I just, your energy is so necessary in my life right now, number one. But two is just, I was watching the show last night and this morning and it's just perfect. It's your carrot cake. Elizabeth, have you seen the episode with the carrot cake? Heck yeah, I have. I've watched every episode multiple times. It's beyond. <laughs> I'm just waiting to get invited on an episode because every episode oh. I see all these people that I know and I'm like, hot diggity dog, I would do great at one of these parties. I know all these people, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we yeah. have to do it. I would love that. It's but so let's good. Talk, let's talk about it. Elizabeth sort of, we haven't even asked you a question yet because we're just so excited that you're here. So we can just, <laughs> Zoe, you don't really need to be here. We'll just talk about you for 35 minutes and how much I know, we I'm love you. I'm loving this. This is the best, <laughs> best interview ever. <laughs> so I'm really curious about 
the beginnings of your career as a baker. So mm. how what, how did it start? What was the love? Was this passed down through your mother, your grandmother, your father, your grandfather? Uh, how did this start? Oh, this is such an interesting question because the answer is different now that I've written my 10th cookbook, Zoe Bakes Cookies. It'll be coming out this fall. And I thought I had started a cookie company in college. And so I figured writing a cookie cookbook was like the obvious next step and going to be kind of simple for me. It turned into like almost like a memoir. It Uh turned into this like crazy journey of learning all of these things about my family, about my heritage, about where my sort of baking DNA came from. Right. So it was really this crazy adventure that I had not anticipated. So to answer your question, (laughs) it turns out that my great, great, great grandmother was a baker in Kiev. And I have some of her recipes that I didn't even realize were hers. It was, it's just this crazy sort of revelation that I had writing this book. So that apparently is where the baking genes came from. And then they skipped a whole lot of generations. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was not a baker. My dad was not a baker. And so if I wanted sweets, I had to figure it out on my own. And in fact, not only were they not bakers, they didn't even allow me to have sugar. So like this whole history of baking was a crazy discovery. But isn't that magical in a way? Like here she is living through you generations later. Because I watch you work. I previous, I I did a radio show for a long time, but previous, the last five years, I was a television food producer for PBS in Arizona. And so I was always shooting chefs. I was always shooting stuff like that. So I'm very, like, I'm very much watching you work, like as I would if I were producing it, your hands. It's like magic. I'm watching you weave the, it was, you were making a strawberry rhubarb pie. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, have, I know you've seen this episode. All too. of it. She's all like, of them. She's like, this is easy. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, she's weaving it like you would knit a sweater. But it's like, I, I love that idea that somehow your great, great, yeah. great is in somewhere yeah. in those fingers. And it's so funny that you mentioned my hands because I Ugh. very, very much have my grandmother's hands. Oh, I love and that. I have always, and she called her hands working hands and they're cut. They're like, they're not beautiful. <laughs> it's actually one of the things about me that I kind of love because it is so much her. Like when I look at my hands, I see her. Yeah. Um, and there's just something very special about that. So I, it's really sweet that you, that you mention it, but it is, uh, the other thing about baking for me is that it's, it's a bit of a dance and mm. I did grow up in a dance studio. My mom owned a dance studio since I was two or three. And so I think the movements are probably 
brought down from my grandmother's way, way back, but also a life of living in a dance studio. So I feel that like everything has to involve music and movement. And, you know, I, I feel like there is a bit of that. There's a rhythm to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a rhythm to it for sure. And and it's so funny that you say that, that you talk about the hands because I've actually thought this Zoe, and I've never said this to you, that your hands remind me of my mom's hands and my mom is a violinist. And so she was a violinist. She went to college on a full ride violin scholarship and she, uh, she won the talent competition in the 1979 Miss uh, Texas pageant with her violin. She's She's so wonderful. And I always remember like growing up and, and I don't know if I would call them working hands, but I would call them like a creative musician's hands almost because there's something that's just very like intentional about the movements and the rhythm. And then really understanding that your hands are able to create something beautiful, whether it's a sound or whether it's a pastry. I don't know. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like a movement to uh, being a craftsperson, whether it's music or an artist or pastry or whatever it is. And I feel like that is one of the beauties of getting to do the show versus just doing the books. I mean, not just, I love doing the books too, but people can see that movement Mm -hmm. and see that motion. And I feel like that's the one thing that's really challenging about writing books is that creating is, you know, it's not just going through a recipe. It's also how you move in it. And I don't know, that might sound really crazy. No, it totally is true because it's a process. It's a process and it's a journey more than it is just following directions. And I've learned that so much with bread and particularly as I've gotten into sourdough is when you really learn. And it took me years to have it click where I was like, oh my gosh, they all said that I would just know how it's supposed to feel and I would know what it's supposed to look like and know what it's supposed to smell like. And for the first few years, I was constantly like, Googling, like, what is it supposed to look like? (laughs) Like And then finally I was like, oh my gosh, I know what it's supposed to feel like. And it's amazing when you know that. That's right. And I feel like that's exactly what it is. Baking or anything else is a journey. And so I, and that process of getting there is what's so exciting. It's like, in my case, it's awesome because you get to eat this delicious thing at the end. But it's really that process, like you're saying, like baking all these loaves of bread. And then each time you bake a loaf of bread, you're discovering something new in it. And it like it feels different. Like, oh, that's what that feeling is. And then all of a sudden you have it. And it's like a whole new world opens up to you. But I think with the show, and if if you if 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 any of you listening haven't seen the show yet, and even if you're not a baker, the show to me. And this is, I think, when television goes to the next level, because it's what you strive for as a producer, is you want it not to be just about what it's about. It has to be other than. And I think for me, watching the show, the other is joy. Yeah. And and I think that that's really, like, if, you, if you're not a baker, watch the show, and I defy you to not smile. <laughs> you know, that's I awesome. mean, because you're just, you're just... And it's so funny that you say a dancer because as I'm watching you move, 
I don't think anybody can move more elegantly to get a pan with a silicone lining. <laughs> like it was just like, oh, and That's here it hilarious. is. And your kitchen is particularly set up to bake perfectly. <laughs> but it was just this like elegant move of here's the pan with the silicone lining. And, I love it. I mean, it. it's just, it's a joyous show. Oh, and I think that that's, Thank you. that's, that's what the, obviously the world needs more of, but that's, I think anytime you can be around people, so this is separate from television, anytime you can find people in your life that are passionate about something, Mm -hmm. stay close to those people because those are the ones that are going to make you smile. Those are the ones that are going to make life feel worth living. And so I think you found this great, um, I mean, I I think it's great that you're with Magnolia because I think they they sort of live in that space very much. But I I think it's a good lesson for everybody. It's not just about television. It's about creation. It's about passion. It's about joy. And baking can be that or painting can be that. You know, whatever you're going to do, it's contagious. And so I think that that's a really wonderful thing that you, I think you're able to push through that television lens out into the world is that sense of the process and the joy of the process, which is really important. Well, and I think with baking in particular, um, I am so madly in love with baking Yes, (laughs) and it brings me so much joy, but a lot of people are intimidated by it. And so I feel like I'm so grateful that that's what you're taking away from the show, because that is exactly what I'm trying to communicate is like, I love this. I absolutely find it challenging and creative and just thoroughly enjoyable. (laughs) And I want everybody to feel that. And so, um, the fact that that's what's coming across to you is just music to my ears because it's not always, even though that's what I want to put out there is the joy of it as the creative person. I don't know that that's working. (laughs) So it's nice to hear from your side that that's what you're picking up on. Oh my gosh. It totally is. I think that's the important thing is to inspire other people. It may not be baking, but I think working with your hands is a, that's right is a wonderful thing. So if baking's not your thing, Hey, look at Zoe and she's getting such a kick out of that. What would you, what would make you smile that way? And I think that's, that's, right. that's successful. If you're, that's if you're right. able to inspire other people to find your thing, you may yeah. not have the patience to candy the carrots so that you can stack them <laughs> around the cake, but, but what will bring you that sort of joy? What will, yeah. and, and that I think is such an important, I mean, that's a great, that's a great thing. And the other thing is that I have decades of experience doing yeah. this. I have touched a thousand loaves of bread. I have like gone through the journey of failing a whole lot of times. Right. So I have a lot of like sort of tips and tricks and things to teach people so that they can have success doing it. So I feel like that's another thing that I've really learned over the course of this experience is that I love teaching. Um, and I never knew that, like I have always taught, but I always considered myself a baker first. And now I think it's really the opposite. I think of myself as a teacher and I just happen to be teaching baking because that's what I love to do. But I, there's nothing more satisfying than like, Watching someone, like Elizabeth is saying, who's intimidated by bread and then like absolutely falling in love with doing it 
and watching that come to life. And we're really lucky because right now I get to put the show out into the world or the books or what, however, you know, people are finding me. And then I have that sort of instant gratification of watching them post what they are making. So it's not just me putting my stuff out there. I get to see what other people are doing with my recipes. And that is like the best next level part of it. You know, but it's like totally next level. Isn't that what the natural evolution of a human should be? Like you should, in an ideal world, wouldn't we all like find something that we're passionate about? We would spend many years of our life getting really good at that thing. And then we evolve into the teachers. I mean, if we were all sort of looking at like, wow, what kind of thing could I, could I fall in love with and want to master and want to really have become part of the fabric of who I am. And then my focus becomes less about doing that and more about teaching that and passing it on. I think that's like so beautiful that we don't, we could all see ourselves as future teachers down the line of this. And what really gives me hope is seeing how much children love you. And this is like a real crack up thing, Marjorie, and that Zoe, I know, I mean, Zoe and I have talked about this and she did not expect this, that the show comes out And she starts hearing from like all these people who are like, my child is obsessed with you. And then this is what happened in my house because I don't have that many things that I can just like turn on and watch that I want to watch that my kids want to watch. There's lots of stuff that they want to watch that then I'm like, okay, I'll watch. But I said, I mean, probably over a year ago, I was like, oh, let's watch my friend Zoe. And Heathcliff, my three-year-old, from the moment we turned Zoe on the television, we watched Zoe Mama. I turn on Zoe. I watch Zoe. I have sent Zoe videos. I text her videos of Heathcliff saying, like, I want to watch Zoe. And that I find to be so interesting, aside from just, like, the joy that I know that brings you. Because you're a human being, and to see all these little kids love you, I think it's so special. But what I think even more so than that, that brings me so much hope is that you see these little tiny children and their instinct is to love this simple television with this simple process. Like they, they are drawn to that in, and it's amazing. Yeah. I have to say that the, as it was sort of unfolding that all of these children were caught, all their parents were contacting me (laughs) and saying how much they loved the show. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of five-year-olds out there. <laughs> Love my show. I was shocked because that is not like when I was talking to the network, I'm like, I want to do all of the, like yeah. a croak and boosh. And I want to do these like really, you know, sort of sophisticated projects and, you know, take baking to the next level. And, um, And then I'm finding out it's like all these five-year-olds are super (laughs) into it. And I'm like, you know, the attention span is you have to really follow along to, to take this in. And so, okay, so there's a couple of things that I feel about this because, I mean, I'm a mom. I know what five-year-olds are like. They're really honest. I mean, they will tell you exactly how they feel about something. 
So I feel like if the five-year-olds like this show, I am doing something right because they will tell you (laughs) if something's not, you know, and also I feel like they more than anybody else can pick up on my love of what I'm doing because they sort of like dogs, they know when somebody's authentic Mm -hmm. in what they're saying, like they don't want to be talked down to and they don't want to be like, you know, I'm not up there trying to entertain just for the sake of entertaining, I'm trying to teach something and they're really hanging in there. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of mind blowing to me. And I take it as the highest form of compliment that this is my core audience. (laughs) Well, what I love about it is that hopefully this proves to people who are making things for children, we underestimate what's going on in their little brain. hundred percent. And I think what this shows is you are, you have made a show for adults that is kind and joyous and passionate and kids are clicking into that. So what should that tell us as producers and people in media of what children are, what children crave, what they want and what they're capable of understanding. And I think that that's such a, that's interesting. There's something very interesting there. The other thing that's been really fun is uh, not only are they watching the show, but they are making their own shows. (laughs) So they do their own baking shows and videotape them and send them to me. I love it. Oh my God. I'm so I am so in love with these kids. <laughs> They're just, they give me life. Oh, it's it's so much fun. I mean, well, you know, so Heathcliff is dying to come to your house because I I have, I've <laughs> gone to Zoe's house to bake with her many times and we always have the best time. And Heathcliff is like, I go to Zoe's house with you. So yes. someday, you know, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to text you. I'm going to be like, direct- we're here. Yeah. My director's son is five. And he would bake things from the show and bring them to me on oh, set. No, so it's cute. unbelievable! It's Just so unbelievable. And, and we have this next generation of bakers. I know. Yeah, you know, because people were really, you know, not baking and not getting kids in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. now I feel like it's really happening again, not just baking, but cooking and really that sort of art of homemade food. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a lost generation really of, I don't know how you old you are and I'm not asking, but I'm 59 and my mother was a career woman. The kitchen was not where she was going to be. And my father, if anything was going to taste good in our house, it was made by my father. But yeah. the, I think there was this whole idea of, and it was certainly sold to us as women, and then it uh, obviously mm. affects the family of our place yeah. is not in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. when when that happened generationally, it's sort of because the pendulum swings on how we mm-hmm. view things that so much was lost. And what was what was yeah. really interesting for me, not having a mother that cooked, not having a grandmother that cooked. So I don't mm. really have all of my food memories as a child are all from restaurants in Chicago. Because yeah. my family liked to eat out. So those are my food memories. It was a revelation to me when I was interviewing these chefs of the touchback generationally and what yeah. food meant to them. Yeah. And I think the fact that food is coming back and 
people are cooking together as families, because I do think it's happening, is such an important thing for kids, even just again, in creating a strong memory of whoever's in the kitchen with them. It's yes, powerful. Absolutely. It's powerful. Neither of my parents were cooks. They're becoming more so, and especially my mom. But I did grow up on a commune. I think one of you mentioned it. I always mention it. I mention it as many times as I can. I love it. I think it's fascinating. (laughs) And so they weren't cooking, but there was was someone or many people always cooking because when you live on a commune, your life revolves around feeding people, you know, I mean, because that is the constant. I mean, in order to like raise the animals and grow the food, everybody has to be constantly fed. And so there always was, you know, not only were people making all the food, but we were growing it all too. Wow. I was not paying any attention. And this is like one of those things as these, you know, I'm 56, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I can never remember. Um, But it's like... As I'm getting older, I'm thinking back to like, these things are fascinating. My dad always kept bees and he grew all of our vegetables and, you know, we tap trees for maple syrup and you know what I mean? It's just like, we made everything. Everything. Wow. And I grew up wanting nothing more than Twinkies and Wonder Bread (laughs) and like peanut butter fluff sandwiches because- It was the opposite of what I had. And now that I'm an adult, it's like those hearty loaves of bread that we baked and the granola and all of that is what excites me now. But I went through this phase of wanting the opposite. Oh my gosh, Zoe, you need, I mean, you have Zoe bakes cakes, Zoe bakes cookies, and then it needs to be Zoe cooks on the commune. That needs to be the next cookbook with those kind of recipes. I love that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. But actually, it happened in the cookie book because yeah. it turned in to this, it turned into sort of the story of my life and all of the places that influenced me. And that was a big influence. And it's a place that I'm very excited about baking from now, whereas for the longest time, I wanted nothing to do with that. Wow. Um, And so that does sort of show up in in that book. And that's coming out this fall. It's coming out in the fall. This fall. Okay. And in a lot of ways, there isn't anything better than a memoir that's connected to food. I mean, it's yeah. an, or, or the other way around, a, a, a cookbook that becomes a memoir. That combo is so powerful yeah. in terms of storytelling. So I think that's going to, that's really interesting. Absolutely. And it was very uh, powerful for me. You right. know, these recipes mean so much to me. Um, also, with all of the books and with what we were talking about before is I also feel Like, I really want people to understand baking enough that they can take all of those recipes that they have from their grandmothers or their moms or dads that aren't quite coming out the way they remember and give them enough information that they can manipulate those recipes 
to recreate those memories for themselves. So it's like, because that was so powerful for me that I want to sort of give people that empower them to do it as well. Oh, oh I love wonderful. that, Zoe. Yeah, so it's really been fun. I titled this episode The Second Rise, and I want to ask you about something that I, why I did that coming up next. But first, I want to say another thank you to our presenting sponsor of Best to the Nest, which is Pormoi Climate Smart Skin Care. This is the only skincare that I use. I've used it for three years. And let me tell you, Marjorie, I got a yes, text ma'am. message from a news anchor in town who I will not mention her name because I oh, do not have permission to do it with a photo of her face, a selfie. And she said, OMG, look at my skin. I am never using anything else because she started using Pormoi Climate Smart Skin Care. And this oh. That's what happens when people start using this skincare. Zoe gets messages from five-year-olds who love her show. I get messages from news anchors who love the skincare line that I promote. Listen, I mean, it's kind of a similar impact we're having on the world, but I'm telling you, you will love Pormois just as much as I do and so many others. Marjorie just started using it within the last couple of months and she is totally hooked. Hooked, hooked. I love it it. so much. I love the routine. I love everything about it. But mostly, I like that it's very sensitive to older skin as well. Mm -hmm. Fragrance-free, which matters. It's very good. So go to uh, pormoiskincare.com, P-O-U-R-M-O-I, skincare.com. Use that code BEST. Get 20% off. And remember, you'll pick the day cream based on your weather. So don't panic. Just enter in your zip code, and it'll tell you what to get. It'll make it very, very easy. So, okay, back to Zoe. I, I... titled this the second rise because as I've, you know, as I've gotten to know you, Zoe, over the last, I don't know, we probably met almost 15 years ago. It's been a long time, maybe 10 years ago. So your boys were young. I met you before I had children. Your boys were young. I remember one of your boys, when you and I got to know each other, had started a scone making business and was delivering scones. And I, I remember at that time in my life, really trying to absorb women in particular who had their life and their career and their passion and then have these children. And I was always kind of like, what's happening here? How are we doing all of this? How are we financing all of this? I would like to know. And like, what's going on here? And you, you have always struck me as a person who just sort of takes on what you want in every season of your life. And so as your boys then left the nest and are now in their 20s and are forging their own paths, hopefully still baking scones on occasion. But you I then, just saw the episode. He's still baking yeah, scones. Yeah, and then you yes, get this um then you get this show and we have such a youth obsessed culture that feels like if you haven't gotten, you know, a million Instagram followers and a television show and a recording contract by the time you're 30, you're pretty much washed up and done. And I have seen you since your um, boys have left. I mean, you got, a, you did a great clothing promotion with Ever Eve, which is my favorite. And I love so much. And it made me so happy. You get this show. You really forge out on your own with your own books, you know, versus the Artisan mm-hmm. Five ones that you did with Jeff for so many years. And so then I thought that's why this felt like the second rise. And it felt like Mm. so inspiring to me that at this time in your life, it was like, now it's go time for me. Is that what it was? It conscious like that? Oh, it kind of was. Yeah. Um, you know, my boys were, uh, uh, my oldest was 18. Uh, Charlie was 16 when I turned 50. 
and I really felt like um, I had done all the things, you know, moms do to make sure that, you know, every, everybody's on track. (laughs) And also, you know, they kind of say that by the time they hit 15, their peer group is really what's happening for them in terms of influence, uh, which can be awesome or scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, they were old enough that the, I wanted them to see me doing the things that I loved the most. Um, and I also had, you know, I was on this bread book journey with Jeff for so long and it really just sort of took off like a freight train and I had left the pastry to the side. I was always doing my website, but it was a very conscious decision when I hit 50 that it's like, okay, boys, you're great. This has been an amazing, I love staying home with you. This has been awesome. It's my turn. I want to go do all the things I want to do. And I want to do it with sugar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a title for a book right there. (laughs) I want to do all the things I want to do, but I want to do it with sugar. (laughs) And I just like, um, the show was not something that I had ever thought. Andrew Zimmern had always said, you'll be on TV this is going to happen. And I always thought he was crazy. Um, but I knew that the pastry was my next chapter, um, literally and figuratively. Um, and so I sought out to do, uh, a pastry book, Zoe bakes cakes. And along the way, uh, the pandemic happened, Instagram live happened. I started doing videos and Instagram live and, uh, you know, the show came out of that, but it really was me taking the time for myself and doing it for myself, but also to show the boys that I had this in me. They'd never seen me as the pastry chef and this creator other than the bread books. I mean, they grew up obviously watching me bake a lot of bread. So many buckets Um, of bread in all your fridges. I love looking (laughs) in your fridge. It's so fun. That's right. Yeah. So it really was. um, And I also felt like, um, you know, I had a lot to say. I don't know that I had really found my voice until then. It's like I was so happy being a mom and doing that uh, chapters, those many chapters of my life. Um, but this was new, this was something new. And I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel daunted by it. I felt really excited about it. Like I didn't feel like, um, there were, you know, people were telling me I couldn't do it. Maybe I just wasn't listening. <laughs> I, but you know what, I, that's such a powerful thing that you say, because I think for women over 50, there's so much that's written about how difficult it is to be a woman over 50 that I think you can allow yourself to drown in that really. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you can just say, this doesn't, this isn't me. And yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like that's, 
how I've tried to approach, I love getting older. I actually yeah. really love it. love it. I have loved every stage of my life. I don't look back and go, oh, I would never go back to. I've been, and I think that that's sort of, if you're a woman in your fifties and you're feeling, and every industry can be difficult. It can be. I mean, I'm not shortchanging oh, yeah. the difficulty of aging in any industry, but I do think there is a power of our own um, passions and our own um, confidence that you, Absolutely. you have to take that into the world. Cause that's really all you have in, yeah. in, in your, really at any time in your life. But it, as a woman in your, as you're getting older, you just have to know, I know what I'm doing. And if people are going to look at me, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just keep showing them that I do. Yes. And be okay and with that. I also feel like for me, I am very glad that I entered into the world of television at the age that I did, because I don't know that my younger self would have been able to handle it. It's, it's a little bit, um, I get uh, it. (laughs) Yes. I can only imagine because you've been doing this your entire career. I had no idea. I went in just like, Oh, I get to bake and you know, there'll be a crew and all this, but there's a lot of television, uh, that's not glamorous. It's very much like, uh, working in a restaurant where I think the food network has, has portrayed restaurant as being this glamorous, high fashion, almost environment. And it is work. It is a lot of work. Um, and it's high intensity. So there's high intensity emotions around you. There's a lot of, uh, passion, which can sometimes be great and sometimes not. Um, and there's a lot of judgment on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came into it feeling pretty sure of myself yeah. and pretty confident. And I don't know that my younger self would have been able to, um, been able to stand up and just say, this is me. This is what I want to do. I also have to say that I landed, um, on a network that allowed me to be me Right. Because I um, had interviewed at other places and they wanted to make me into a character. And I'm not an actress. I am a baker. I am a teacher, but I'm not an actress. And so playing a part that would have been based on parts of my personality, maybe, but sort of um, a caricature is the best way that I can say it. So I landed somewhere that was excited to have me. Um, so I, I kind of hit the jackpot and Elizabeth can say way more about the TV world than I can, but, um, I lucked out. I think, I think part of it is hard work and part of it is all of my decades of experience and building up to this and part of it's luck. Yeah. And and part of it, it again is passion. Is, yeah. is is knowing that this is what I want to do, this is the voice I have, this is what I can do. And I think the fact that the network hasn't, we can give them a plug, that Magnolia Network hasn't tried to manipulate that into making it something that they perceive it should be is to their credit because yeah. I think we all particularly and you know there were things that the food networks done beautifully but there are also things which are just 
Not insane. Good. Yeah. Not yeah. Good. Insane in terms of the competitions and all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. but I think if, if, if we're talking to women in their fifties who either are, are not, are concerned about what their life can bring them because it can be a very tricky time. It can yeah. be for some women. I think you just have to go back and figure out who am I now you know, my kids are gone or my kids are grown or whatever the circumstances that who am I now and what do I have to offer the world and how do I want to offer that? And that it's okay to voice that. It's yeah. okay yeah. to say, this is what I can give back to the world right now. And also give to yourself because Excellent. I was yeah. doing these things because this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I feel like it was really um, you know, it was a gift to myself to take off in this direction oh, I like that. in as a career. I mean, it wasn't just for the boys and it wasn't just because it was the next move. It was also because I really wanted to do this for myself. Um, and so I feel like all of that, you know, sort of came together, um, And I feel like this is another reason to go back to the five-year-olds, that it resonates because I feel like it's coming from this place that's uh, very joy-filled and very honest, um, and it just is me. I'm not pretending to be something else. No, it's so good. Oh, my husband Zoe. for years, my, my husband was in broadcasting for years and he would always say, how great is your life when people pay you to be who you are? Oh, it's the greatest. God, that's awesome. It's, yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah, I'm really lucky. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I will tell you too, uh, you know, I love these perspectives from you too. And as a mother with young children and I'm in my forties, mm-hmm. one of the things that was the most difficult about becoming a mother and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember those first, the first two summers after I had Bernie, I didn't do a garden. And it was the mm-hmm. first time I didn't do a garden. And I would stand and look out my back door and yeah. look at the bare beds. There was some rhubarb in there, thank goodness, and the chives. So that was right? wonderful. At um, least God that. had mercy on my soul with those chives and the rhubarb. But, rhubarb, you know, I just didn't mm-hmm. have... I didn't have it in me to do it. And I was balancing a high pressure job and a new baby and figuring out, you know, all, all of these things. And, um, and there was a real grief there in thinking that I had lost who I was and that that was the new thing that now I wasn't who I was anymore. And and I think as a person who didn't have kids until I, you know, I had Bernie when I was 33. So I had a long time of a great time of knowing very yeah. much who I was and enjoying <laughs> that person and enjoying that life. And so then now, yeah. yes, as a, you know, understanding I've kind of, moved, you know, I don't feel that grief as much anymore, but what I, but I do feel hearing you two in particular is that I feel like, oh, that, that is going to be the gift that I get back that I, and I love these babies so much, but I don't really fear them growing up because I feel like that will be the gift that I get back is my, is myself and who I was, but even better down the line. So that's, and I think that'll resonate with a lot of our, our nesters who are in my same boat right now. That's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, um, each stage 
is worth embracing. Yeah. And I, I, it's absolutely true that you give up certain things. It's like this whole concept of having it all is not human. <laughs> it's just not humanly possible to have everything. There has to be you know, you're giving, if there's ebbs and flows in what you can possibly do and still sleep at night, which is super important. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's true. It's like, I really dove into parenting and I do not regret it. Like I gave up a job, my pastry chefing job in restaurants, and I was doing, you know, 80 hour a week shifts and could have done more because it was just my heart and my soul. And I just felt like I was creating and, um, I was so fulfilled in it. And then becoming a parent um, fulfilled all of that in a, in a different way, yeah. but it was equally as satisfying. So each stage has been so fulfilling and taught me so much that it's, you know, basically resulted in allowing me to do what I'm doing now. And I can't wait to see what's next. You know, it's it so just inspiring. keeps getting better. That's <laughs> and I, think, I think that's such an important thing. And I want women to really hear that because I, I took, I was in and out of TV and radio the whole time I was raising our children. And sometimes people, women would be like, or even my mother, who was a career person was like, Oh my God, the sacrifices you're making. And I never looked at it as a, as a sacrifice. I mean, and I think I felt lucky. Mm -hmm. I felt lucky that I had some time to stay home with my boys. Yeah, it wasn't for sure. It, it wasn't, I just didn't feel that way. Now it was tricky and getting in and out of the business was tricky. Coming fighting my mm -hmm. way back in mm -hmm. every time I had to fight my way back in was mm -hmm. tricky. But I think that's a really important thing for women with young children need to hear is that you can look at this. These are small stages. And as long as you're going to go through them, try and in, with intention to make the most of them because it, and I think you're a great model for that is it just keeps getting better and better. So how do you make that happen? And I think so much of that is attitude and how you, how you are in each of those stages. Yeah, and knowing who you are. I mean, always yeah. along the way, figuring yeah. out who you are. Listen, Zoe, we have taken yeah. up more than our allotted time from you. We always do. She's going to have amazing. to, I know I always tell people, I'm like, we'll have you out by uh, 1215. And then I'm like, and it's a uh, one. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. That was optimistic um, because we just love spending time with you. It is just always a joy being with you. I, I just, I love seeing you from afar and being able to know you personally is just so wonderful. Thanks for your this time. Has been, with oh, us. thank you. This has been thank such you. a great conversation. I've enjoyed it so much. Oh, well, it is too. wonderful. It's wonderful to talk to you again, 15 or however many years yeah, later, that's but, great. Um, great. but, uh, let's give the appropriate plugs. So I found the show through the discovery app. But I know there are many yes. ways to find the show. Elizabeth, do you have the other ways? Yeah, to no, find I just the show? subscribe to Discovery and I and there then I watch Zoe. And then of course, then the, I found my other favorite show, which is Cabin Chronicles, which has taken over my life. <laughs> Freaking love that show. Boy, you know those people. Tell them I love them. And um, so there's lots of really great TV that you can enjoy with your kids around too. So it's on Magnolia Network, Zoe Bakes, and then 
in the show notes, we'll have all of her websites linked up so you can get all of her books. And, um, and if you're a beginning bread baker, don't sleep on that artisan bread and five series. It's legit. There we go. I'm showing the book, everybody, again. Um, this is actually, I just was a house guest um, with some friends of mine in Los Angeles. And her husband is like, I think I want to start baking bread. I'm like, just wait. I've got the book oh, for you. So it's going to go. Yeah, we it's are definitely life. a good gateway yeah. book into, into the yes. craft. It's perfect. Awesome. That's the way to do it. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com. We are the podcast that brings you home.